Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today we have a look at this week's snowfall threat and the possibility of some rain. We hear from Sask Pork about a problem from wild boars in Saskatchewan. Real Agriculture talks with Senator Rob Black about farm issues. The chair of the APAS Task Force on the Next Level of Federal Provincial Farm Support Program joins us for a discussion on goals. And we have an update on efforts by the Canadian Food Grains Bank in Saskatchewan to fight global hunger. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. And Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. Snow is in the forecast for parts of southern Saskatchewan this week. Environment Canada meteorologist Terry Lang says rain and possibly snow is forecast this week, but the snow likely will be gone in a couple days. Well, it's going to be typical fall weather, which means it's going to be sort of all over the map. We are looking for a low-pressure system uh, that's coming up from Colorado. It's going to clip that southeast corner of the province, uh, giving some rain. And we are looking at the possibility that it will change to snow. Uh, I don't think there will be a lot of accumulations ground is still quite warm, but we may see a little bit of accumulation over the higher terrain, especially uh, near the U.S. border where we've got the hills and stuff like that. So sort of the first significant precipitation uh, that we've seen over that southeast corner for a long time. Uh, A little bit cooler after that, but then it it looks like it's going to try and warm up again. We were treated to such a nice long weekend. So It's not over yet, not time to put the snow tires on quite yet, but certainly trying to think that, you know, we're into that season now and we're getting these big swings in temperature um, and that snow is is a possibility. You don't expect the snow to stay on the ground, though, for too long? Oh, no. You know, if anything does accumulate, it will melt quickly just because of the, the way the temperatures are. And this time of year, we don't expect the snow to stay. It's usually sort of more into the November time frame that we, that's when we start seeing those snows stay. And what's the outlook for the fall for the rural part of Saskatchewan, uh, southern part, and also even the winter? 
Well, we only have our fall forecast, but, uh, and of course, it's always a very, it's a more of an educated guess than anything else, just because our skill level at, at forecasting seasonal is it's just not that great. It is forecast to be temperatures above average, and of course, we're seeing that already, and continuing on the dry side, which is also what uh, we're seeing as well. So nothing too surprising to seem to be that continuation in, from what we've seen in, in the summer. With respect to the winter, uh, we are expecting a moderate La Nina to form, and we don't have a lot of correlation between, you know, what happens with a moderate La Nina. In general, it is generally cooler than average and wetter than average for a winter with a moderate La Nina, but that's not a, it's not a given, so we don't have a lot to hang our hat on. So, yeah, sorry about that. Nothing too specific there. But we had a La Nina last winter, didn't we? We did. And we, you know, we had one big storm, and that was about it, right? It uh, it ended up being, you know, not what we, we we expected a cooler and wetter winter, and it didn't really pan out. It it turned out to be a, a drier than average winter. And I, I I do believe it actually turned out to be warmer than average. Terry Lang is a meteorologist with Environment Canada. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture today with Jim Smalley on six twenty CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch Eavestroffs. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavestroffs.ca and Farmtronics in Regina, your farm electronics specialists. From moisture testers to security cameras, keeping your farm running productively and efficiently since 1977. 380 Henderson Drive. SAS Pork has set up a hotline for residents to report sightings of wild boars. Sask Pork General Manager Mark Ferguson says wild pigs are considered an invasive species, introduced 20 to 30 years ago, and caused serious damage to plants and wild animals. As well, he says the wild boars carry diseases that can be transmitted to domestic livestock and humans. We know they're out there for sure, and there's there's pockets of wild boar in Saskatchewan. And, uh, you know, the big issue with wild boar, and we saw this in Germany, is that if you ever get a, a you know, a reportable uh, disease into that wild population, it is really hard to control. So, you know, in terms of something like African swine fever, there's a big interest in making sure that we don't have a large wild population. So, you know, that won't be an issue if we ever ever do get something like ASF in Saskatchewan. So you're asking producers to do what? The big thing that the public can do with respect to wild boar is uh, if they ever see one out in the country is report it. And there's a couple of different avenues to report it. They can talk to their local crop insurance office or they can call the the hotline, which is one eight three three pig spot And we would take that report and then we uh, follow up on it. There's people with the Ministry of Agriculture and Saskatchewan Crop Insurance that will uh, will give uh, whoever reports the sighting a call and we will uh, definitely follow up. And uh, if, if there are pigs in the area, hunt teams will be dispatched to remove the animals. I understand they can cause a lot of damage. Uh, just what kind? They do cause damage uh, in some cases in terms of, you know, eating crops that, that are out there. So if there's a population in your area, they can, they can be, be eating your crops. Uh, they do a lot of rooting and, and that type of thing as well. Where are the pockets in Saskatchewan? 
Well, in uh, in northeast Saskatchewan, uh, in that St. Brew area, we understand there's there's a population that uh, is is currently being actively managed. There's been you know several hundred animals removed over the over the past couple of years and continue to be, and so that is one area. Down in southeast Saskatchewan, uh, Moose Mountain, there was a pocket of wild boar, but we understand those have been largely removed at this point. Uh, there hasn't been very many sightings lately. So, I mean, that's a success story. It shows if you do have the population actively being managed in an area, it is possible to remove a lot of those animals. And so that's why we're encouraging the public to report any sightings that do occur and so we can get a handle on where they are. And with that information in hand, they can actively be removed. These wild boars come from uh, animals that escaped from farms and became out in the wild. Exactly. Wild boar are not native to Saskatchewan. So there were a number of wild boar farms back in the 1990s. Some animals escaped, some were apparently released at, at that time which is what has resulted in this uh, feral population in Saskatchewan. So they're not an animal that is supposed to be out there. They're an animal that we would like to see eradicated. They can be hard to control, I understand. The biggest issue uh, is actually finding them to control them. They're very reclusive animals. They're very, they're smart. You know, they stay away from people. The, the easiest time to, to find them, I think, is in the wintertime when there's less, you know, trees and cover and you can see signs of them in the snow. So uh, the, the bigger issue is uh, is actually finding them, not not removing them because they're, they're so difficult to find. Mark Ferguson is the general manager of Sask Pork. The hotline number to call to report sighting of a wild pig is 1-833-744-744. 7768. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on the source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Sean Haney here with RealAgriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. I am joined right now by the Honorable Senator Rob Black. Senator Black, how are you? I'm great, Sean. Thanks, thanks very much. It's, uh, it's a wet day here uh, north of Ferguson in Ontario. <laughs> well, we would love you if you blew some of that moisture out west. That would be fantastic. Yeah. I know that you are sort of the, uh, the leader of the, the agricultural topics and discussion in, in the Canadian Senate. You really take it upon yourself to travel across the country and learn a little bit more what's going on uh, when it comes to agriculture. You just completed your 2021 summer season tour. Why is this something that you, you venture out to do? Oh, uh, Sean, I said that when I get out talking to folks out across Ontario and across Canada, first thing I say is if I don't know what's happening on the ground, I can't speak knowledgeably in the Senate of Canada. And so that's what I'm doing. When I'm out and about, I'm, I'm talking to folks and, and agriculture, agri-food, rural uh, folks, and, and learning about the issues that, uh, that they're dealing with, the issues and concerns, challenges and opportunities. So that's why I do it. Is this something you've done in past years? Um, I the, the first, last year, COVID kind of shut everything down. The first year I was in the Senate, I did get out and about. And it's really just something that uh, 
keeps me active over the summer months and uh, and also helps me to better understand what's happening out across the, the province and across Canada. And, and what are some of the things that you heard when you were out on your tour as you traveled across Canada? What, what were some of the main concerns you're hearing from producers and industry? Things like uh, uh, labor, infrastructure, transportation issues, getting uh, commodities, getting products to market. Uh, when I was in your neck of the woods, we talked about irrigation and water, access to water. Fascinated out there in, in southern Alberta about how uh, the water gets from the foothills and the mountains yeah, into eastern, uh, southeastern Alberta, and even into Saskatchewan. That was that was all new to me. So that was uh, interesting. Heard, yeah. Talked about, uh, heard about food security issues. Obviously, you know my interest in soil health, and so I always raised that issue. We, uh, I heard about you know issues around carbon pricing and concerns about the pricing of carbon uh, that the government has imposed. Uh, you know, the pandemic has affected everything, and so. When I was talking to the greenhouse growers and, and uh, fruit and veg folks, uh, heard about uh, mandatory um, uh, isolation and quarantining costs, quarantine costs, and and the fact that the government was ending those uh, that that uh, financial support in the middle of the summer. Uh, and you and I both know that uh, harvest doesn't end on July 31st. And so, you know, the the issues around uh, labor and access to labor and support uh, for uh, for uh, labor in uh, in Ontario and in Canada remains the same. It's uh, it's an issue that is affecting a lot of people. You know, and I I see this as is I get a chance to travel across the country and on a tour like this, you you see the same thing. The, like there's a lot of common challenges and a lot of common opportunities, but the, the diversity of the industry from coast to coast and everywhere in between, it is just so vast. Yeah, it sure it sure is. But interestingly enough, the issues were common across in the areas that I uh, I visited: southern Alberta, northern Ontario. Uh, last week, uh, or a couple weeks ago, last week I guess, and uh, and central and southwestern Ontario a few weeks ago. The issues in general terms were were the same. You know, marketing, access to markets, transportation. I mentioned them before. Labor issues. Yes, you're, you're right. They're all, you know, the little nuances, but uh, it is a big country that we live in. As you talk to the people on the ground across the country on your tour, what, you know, as, as you ask them for feedback, what, what are they telling you? They Well, I, I keep hearing that they, they just appreciate the voice in the Senate of Canada, and that's my role. Uh, I speak up for agriculture, I speak up for rural, and I speak up for youth and, and uh because of my involvement uh, over many years in 4-H. And so uh, they appreciate that. They're looking for, for that going forward. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Partly cloudy today, the high 9 degrees, the low 0. 
Tomorrow, cloudy, rain beginning in the afternoon, wind north 20 kilometers per hour, the high 7 degrees. Tomorrow night, periods of rain or snow, the low plus 1. Thursday, cloudy, 60% chance of showers, the high plus 5. Chance of evening flurries Thursday, the low minus 2. Sunny on Friday with a high of 12, the low 0. Saturday, sunny, the high 13, the low plus 2. Sunday, sunny, the high 19, the low plus 1. Monday, partly cloudy, the high near 9 degrees. Normal high is 12 for this date, the normal low is minus 2. The sun rose at 7.16 this morning. It sets at 6.13 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot, this is generally an unusual one. This last year or two, it seems, the hot spot and the cold spot. Today, this is a real winner. We have the hot spot is tied, Valmarie. At 7 degrees, that's in the southwest corner, or Buffalo Narrows up north, they're both at 7. The cold spot in that same southwest corner, the Cypress Hills, probably because of elevation, Cypress Hills is the cold spot right now at 2 degrees. Estevan is 5, Saskatoon 6, Swift Current Weyburn 4, Yorkton is 5. Regina, cloudy in 3, that's 37 Fahrenheit, winds are from the northwest at 14. Humidity is 71%, the barometer falling 102.6. Cloudy in Moose Jaw, 3 degrees. Winds are from the north at 9. Once again, Regina, cloudy in 3. That's 37 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Get out to an early start on weed control in next year's canola and lentil crop using Group 3 Edge Microactive from Gowan Canada this fall. Edge Microactive, maximize yields today and manage resistance for tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. A farmer from northeast Saskatchewan is the chair of an APAS task force to prepare recommendations for the federal and provincial government's next policy framework. The consultations will result in a new five-year federal-provincial agricultural funding agreement, which will begin in 2023. Willowbrook area farmer Bill Probilski is a vice president of APAS and chairs the task force. He looks forward to providing some input into the vital piece of farm policy. Well, we've we've held our initial meeting uh, early early last week uh, with our members of the task force just to kind of uh, get get the ball rolling. We also had a, a meeting with the assistant uh, executive director of the Canadian Federation of Agriculture to see exactly what it is that they're doing and and uh, you know kind of get some ideas from him as to where to proceed from here. So I think our next step uh, we've sent the letter off to the provincial ag minister to have a hopefully have a meeting with him to get some of his thoughts and yeah uh, just kind of get get the ball rolling by talking to the talking to the people that are in the know and and uh, get start gathering information. Probilski says there will be consultations with farmers on the next group of federal provincial farm support programs. He says the current agricultural policy framework has been ineffective for prairie producers. Yeah and that's that's for the most part what our membership is telling us that uh, certain parts of the policy framework are, are very ineffective for 
you know, particularly certain types of, of uh, farms and sizes and and uh, yeah, there's definitely definitely room for improvement. That's for sure. And hopefully, we can, as an organization, come up with with some suggestions. The, you know, the federal and provincial governments will seriously look at. Probilski sees improvements are pointedly needed for agri-stability since it's ineffective and few farmers have joined the program. The provincial and federal governments are expected to finalize a shared policy direction statement this fall and begin discussions on the details of the program's design. Yeah, we're, we've already submitted, APAS has submitted a, a, a document to the federal government in terms of our kind of our priority areas, not, nothing uh, specific that hopefully they will consider at their NPT uh, uh, policy or their meeting in, in Guelph in November here. Our task force is looking at a, a little bit longer range uh, for putting together our, our, our uh, final report. So we're hoping that early in the new year, we will have our, at least an initial report ready to put forward to the government so they can start, you know, start looking at it. That there's going to, there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of things that have to happen between now and and our final report, and then, and then a lot more to happen between our final report and uh, agreements that will get signed before the new policy comes into effect. So we've got a lot of work ahead of us, hopefully over the winter months. Bill Probilski farms in the Willowbrook area near Yorkton and is a vice president with APAS. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. Thanksgiving week is a good opportunity to recap the 32 Canadian Food Grains Bank Grow projects in our province. They're all volunteer efforts by local farmers with generous donations of crop inputs by business. The crops are sold and the money is matched on a 4 to 1 basis by the federal government to help with food aid and development projects in dozens of countries. Rick Block is the Canadian Food Grains Bank representative in Saskatchewan. Some of the uh, older folks are often kind of mentioning uh, 1988, 2002. So out of you know the 32 growing projects here, here in the province, uh, they've all been harvested. In fact, in my uh, well, this is the sixth year. I haven't ever been done at the end of September uh, prior, so uh, kind of unique. We saw yields really from eight bushels an acre all the way up to 80 bushels an acre, uh, basically from a southwest to a northeast uh, transect. So. Obviously, the project's kind of in west central, southwest, is southern Saskatchewan. You know, they got hit harder. Temperatures were just that a little bit higher. Um, obviously, most of the province didn't experience much rainfall. Um, and so it was a tough year. Um, you know, as you move further into central Saskatchewan, east central and the northeast, in fact, I think yields were maybe uh, somewhat um, surprising or, or maybe relatively good considering the conditions. But I think the thing that really kind of has helped matters in a way is strong grain prices. And I know for some of the growing projects that really had very low yields, you know, it, it does help to boost it somewhat. And for some of the growing projects that had maybe a, you know, 60, even up to 75% of what they would consider is a normal yield, 
Um, if you are looking at double your grain price, you actually may even be <laughs> further along than, than previous years. So maybe just as in a way to summarize, all in all, you know, uh, really impressed with the volunteers of these growing projects that are uh, volunteering their time. And regardless of the outcome, I mean, they're farmers. They know this um, year in and year out. Um, and they're committed to these projects. And that, in some ways, is a bit of a deeper story to it as well. And block points to a couple of successes. Probably the first one that comes to mind is uh, is Hudson Bay. It's managed by a number of, well, uh, the Reimer family and then along with the Rotary Club in Hudson Bay. They started out in, in May. I was there at seeding and they had excess moisture, which, you know, at the time you're always wondering if you get rain, that get, becomes more problematic. But this was the kind of year where starting out with excess moisture was, was good and their barley crop obviously utilized it and I think they were in about the 85 bushel an acre. That's a little bit lower than what they would normally see. But again, with um, some very strong prices and I think some folks locally that are purchasing it um, right off the, you know, right from the grain bag on the field, it means for a really healthy donation to the Food Grains Bank. And that obviously then is is multiplied through the government match as well. And so um, I can think also of uh, down in the southeast, way down south uh, near near Beer, Saskatchewan, not that far from the U.S. border, they just captured a few timely rains. It was, again, very hot and dry, generally speaking, but they had one or two rains. They had a canola crop that went um, just about 30 bushels an acre, um, which was pleasantly surprising considering the conditions. Block says Thanksgiving has a special meaning on the farm. Some of the words that I heard from folks over the fall season and kind of over the years that I do this, I try to be a little bit more attentive to, you know, what am I hearing just kind of on the ground or as we're talking with folks. And it's years like this when, in fact, perhaps sometimes some of the deeper levels of gratitude are voiced. You know, gratefulness for even some of the structures that, you know, Canadian farmers have, such as crop insurance. Uh, some of the ways in which, you know, families have been able to stay relatively healthy, uh, even through a pandemic. And obviously, there are scenarios when that hasn't happened. But um, I think people have been more aware of, of good health, just the gratitude of things that are outside of their control that have also sometimes gone in their favor. I know this year weather didn't, but with strong grain prices, which is something that's really outside of the control of any individual farmer, that has been a blessing. And so uh, it's a year like this year where I think some of the deeper commitment and perseverance that people have really come through. Rick Block is the Canadian Food Grains Bank representative in Saskatchewan. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years, see Nelson GM today. And Western Ag Professional Agronomy, if you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, visit growmoreprofit.com. Grain prices were mixed in early trading today. Viterra prices for canola fell $18.30 at $882.02. Number one red spring wheat fell $229 at $400.71. The rest were unchanged. Durham, $682.53. Feed barley three twenty four sixty five, flax twelve thirty two forty one, lentils ten thirty six fifty, oats four forty five fifty three, yellow peas five forty four eighty nine, and feed wheat two sixty one sixty five. 
On the Minneapolis Exchange this morning, hard red spring wheat for December rose three cents at 9.48 and a half cent a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Now the latest quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of October 12th. Our last regular sale was on September 29th. Bulls and cows have been holding steady. D1 and D2 cows sold from 75 cents to 85 cents. D3 cows sold from 65 cents to 75 cents. Good butcher bulls sold from $1.04 to $1.14. We had our first pre-sorted calf sale here on Monday, October 4th. For 50 to 500 pound steers, average $2.40 is sold at the $2.55. 500 to 550 pound steers, average $2.00. At 21 cents, it sold up to two dollars at 35 cents. 550 to 600 pound steers averaged two dollars and 11 cents, it sold up to two dollars at 24 cents. 600 to 650 pound steers averaged two dollars and nine cents, it sold up to two dollars at 15 cents. 650 to 700 pound steers averaged two dollars and seven cents, it sold up to two dollars at 15 cents. 700 to 800 pound steers averaged two dollars at three cents, it sold up to two dollars and nine cents. Heifers were 30 to 40 cents back from the steers. This has been Stephanie Dagg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets the cattle and the prices too. Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 4,000 hogs Friday, selling in a range of 203 to 226 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 10,800 head, selling in a range of 202 to 228 per CKG. Ham's number one sows this week are down, selling in the range of 57 to 64 cents per pound live weight. Ham's cash hog price today is mixed, and four contract prices opened lower this morning. On Friday, the Canadian dollar is up 48 basis points, with the daily exchange rate at 1.2482. The Canadian dollar is currently trading 80.37 cents U.S. Daily U.S. cash markets are lower to start the week, with all regions down relative to Friday values. Western Corn Belt is now below $70 U.S. a hundred for the first time since mid-February, and not much in the way of support for the negotiated region has been present since the highs reached at the end of June. Formula regions are still valued above $90, but the bias for now is still to the downside. Additional pressure comes from the value of the pork cutout, which moved lower last week, and is starting this week off on a lower note, but context is important, and the value of the pork cutout is approximately 42% higher than the average typically seen at this time of year. Lean hog futures are lower to start the week and continue on the downward momentum from yesterday's session. Technical traders are looking for the market to fill the gap that materialized after the release of the quarterly hogs and pigs report published at the end of September. Coming up, the resource report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the resource report brought to you by the Prairie Co-op Grow Team. Fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg. And brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. The International Joint Commission is inviting public comment on managing water supply and flood control in the Suez River Basin. Comments on a new report will be accepted from today through November 15th and at a November 3rd virtual public hearing on the Internet. The recommendations being considered include modifying the winter drawdown elevation water targets to build greater flexibility into reservoir operations. Other proposals include extending the winter drawdown date from February 1st to March 1st for improved environmental benefits in February and lower the spring maximum flow limits to reduce flood peaks and farmland flood risk during small to moderate floods in riverine reaches in North Dakota. 
Other recommendations, including setting up a summer operating plan for better management of summer reservoir operations, and shift the apportionment rule from the calendar year to a water year, November to October, to ensure flood protection releases are credited to apportionment. The International Joint Commission was set up to help resolve cross-border water issues between Canada and the U.S. On the markets, the TSX is up 13 points at 20,429. The Dow has fallen 47 points at 34,448. Oil is up 6 cents at $80.58 a barrel. The Canadian dollar has risen 15 one-hundredths of a cent at 80.26 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.